we're going to talk about how the animals have helped their family members and other people during the pandemic, but also how the pandemic have, has affected animals. We also have a giveaway that we're doing tonight for animal communication and information about how you can have your pet in this special project. So stay watching. Again, this is the Animal Intuitive Show. My show is about animal communication, uh, natural pet care, and interviews with experts in the fields of animal care and advocacy. Hi there, this is Kara uh, Mergel. She is the owner of Kara Mergel Photography. I'm sorry, Kara. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and just say hello. Sure. I'm excited to, to be joining you tonight for this conversation. Um, as you said, my name is Kara Mergel. Um, I am a business owner. I own Kara Mergel Photography, which I launched actually just recently over this past summer. Wonderful. Um, so. I want to just let people know that if you're <clears throat> here watching and you stay on the the um, video live stream that you will be if you would like entered to win the special animal communication consultation with me it's a distance animal communication consultation um, we would just need you to type in the comments section animal communication and then at the end of the show, I'm going to just do a random sort of drawing for whoever's going to win that. And Kara will also tell you about how you can have your pet featured in this really exciting project. So, um, Kara, can you please talk to us a little bit about sort of your background and how you got into photography? Sure. So I actually have a really interesting background. Um, I am not a photographer first. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, I'm actually a social worker by training. Um, I've spent several years working in the field of social justice on different issues. Um, I've worked in child welfare. I've worked on sustainable supply chain and animal welfare issues. Um, currently focused on policy issues related to housing and homelessness. Um, so you can see, obviously, there's no photography in there. Um, but as a hobby, I've been doing photography for about 17 years. Um, I studied it in college. I worked in dark rooms and developed my own film back when film was still really relevant and a thing. Um, and um, over this past summer, as I said, I decided to turn it into a business. Um, I found that I, of course, had more time on my hands. Usually I travel extensively for my work and um, the pandemic had basically grounded me mm -hmm. um, indefinitely. Um, and so both as just the extra time on my hand and something to um, really find a creative outlet for a time that was just you know, really quiet and really scary. If I let myself think about it too much, I decided to launch my own photography business um, with a focus on pets. Um, I have a pet myself, so I enjoy working with animals and being around them. Um, and had been volunteering with some rescue groups at that point. Um, and so I felt like that was a good way to sort of start a business and create a niche for myself in the photography world. 
That's wonderful. So, so you like a lot of people kind of took advantage of the extra time with the pandemic and really kind of dialed into something that was more like a hobby, but you kind of made it into something else. So that's really cool. Um, and something that animals really, I think, did for a lot of people. They inspired people to do different things. And that's just one of the things that wonderful things that animals do for us. So, um, and interesting, we both have that same background in uh, social work and certain mm-hmm. aspects of it, like child welfare. So uh, we are going to bring up some photos of some of the animals that Kara has has photographed in just a moment. Um, but I just want to have you talk a little bit about, go, go more into the Pets in the Pandemic um, Yes project just tell us a little bit more about it and and who you photographed things like that like how you got and, and who also who it's benefiting because I know it there's um an aspect of us of this that is um kind of a, a donation aspect of it that's wonderful so. yeah yeah for sure so um so the idea really came out I think of uh two places so the first as I mentioned I have a pet myself and I really found myself, um, of course, working from home as part of my full-time job and um, in what otherwise would have been a really quiet house. Um, And I often found myself talking to Fred, who's my cat. And honestly, if you have a pet and you're not talking out loud to your pet, like, I don't know why you have a pet then. Um, so, (laughs) So I would find myself talking to Fred and I think if you're an animal owner, you know that, you know, I think animals can often sense like if you're upset or you just need sort of a warm lap. And Fred really became my companion. Um, you know, I, I, of course, do video calls with my coworkers and, you know, things like that. Um, and thanks to starting the photography business, had the ability to start sort of interacting with folks on a, a limited and distance basis. But, um, you know, always safely doing that, but some interactions, but most of the time I was just really like, well, if I didn't have Fred, like, like who would I be talking to most of the time? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was part of it. And then I think the other part of it was really um, seeing the uh, just huge boom around fostering and adopting that became um, part of the conversation. I think Early on the pandemic, we really saw that growing. Mm-hmm. And then certainly as I started um, doing more of the photography work, just talking to my clients and, you know, talking to them about, you know, how things have been going for them and, you know, mm-hmm. what made their dog so special, their cat so special. It really created these conversations that planted the seed for the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially... Um, I decided to focus on therapy dogs. So a lot of the dogs that, that we're going to talk to uh, talk about today um, are actually uh, certified pet therapy animals um, and approached um, an organization called Creature Comfort Pet Therapy, mm-hmm. um, who, without knowing even a ton of details, graciously agreed to be a partner on the project. Um, and started connecting me with their volunteer families and their dogs. Um, And so I had an opportunity to really sit down and um, really speak with a lot of those folks and get a better understanding of, well, I think two dynamics. First, you know, 
what what were the therapy dogs doing during the pandemic? How were they responding to it or not responding to it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of what role were they playing in their own families' lives now that their sort of quote-unquote professional role doing in-person visits um, as part of their certification had really, that dynamic had really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, Creature Comfort, really gracious, said, sure, we'll work with you um, and uh, started connecting me with their families. We're in conversation to bring on a few more partner organizations, foster groups, um, different you know, animal groups that can also facilitate that conversation. Um, and as part of the project now, we've actually launched um, on our website a, a gallery shop, if you will. You think about sort of walking through the museum and ending your trip in the gallery shop. And um, 50% of the proceeds that uh, we make from the gallery shop will actually be donated back to our partner organizations. Oh, that's great. Wonderful. So we're going to have information, too, about that website and, and where you can go to to, to check that out. That's wonderful. And hello, Tammy Mastro. Thank you for being here. And again, if you are interested in being entered into the raffle for the free animal communication consultation with me, please type animal communication into the comment section. And I'm going to do a random drawing at the end of the call and end of the video. So, um, so I'm thinking, why don't we go ahead and bring up these beautiful pictures? They're really incredible. Um, I believe we were going to start with Oreo, who is actually a doggy who I spoke with in an animal communication consultation. And it's how I was led to uh, contact Kara because during the conversation the pet parent lisa told me that um you know oreo had been sort of sidelined a little bit from his role as a therapy dog because of the pandemic he couldn't go to the all the places that they used to go to she wanted to know how he was doing she kind of suspected that it was affecting him and um certainly it was um we did find out during the consultation that he was feeling kind of down and depressed um and that he wanted to try to do something to kind of get back to it um he wa- and i had to ex- sort of explain to him how long it was going to take which we don't know for sure but I, I gave him sort of that picture of maybe spring summer um so kara i just wanted to give a little intro but why don't you tell us about oreo and your interaction with him and and this photo this gorgeous gorgeous photo i love this Thank you. Yeah. So actually, before I talk about Oreo, I want to talk a little bit about the series of portraits that you're going to see. Um, So you're going to you're going to notice that these are like portraits, right? We I think often take photos of our animals, pull out their iPhone, we take some quick clips um, and we see our animals sort of in these cutesy, silly light, um, which they are, right? That's the role that they often play in our life. They bring some levity to it and some laughter. Um, And so I really wanted to make a distinction with this project that um, while these still are our animals, their importance has been elevated because of the pandemic. Um, And so the the portraits, it's really like, sometimes we laugh, I've shared some of these like with my brother or with my friends and they'll say like, wow, these look like they should have like cabinet positions. Right. And so (laughs) that is really the feeling that I want to evoke from the portraits. I want to elevate the animals 
to the level of importance that they have played when you, it's certainly not comparing them to presidents, but when you think about presidential portraits, which is appropriate for this historical inauguration day, um, you think about that sort of, you know, really uh, elevated stature. Um, I really wanted to reflect that and create that difference in the pictures that you normally see of animals. So I just wanted to sort of talk a little bit about that because the the portraits are sometimes so serious and they're so, you know, almost like regal. Um, And I just, I wanted to sort of walk through why that was. Why that was, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I love it. They're beautiful. And, and Tammy, mentions that we love Oreo, so I guess she's with Creature Comfort. Um, He's the one that influenced me to get involved in pet therapy with my dog, Ollie. Oh, he's inspired. Um, And then somebody whose name I can't see, but it says Kay. Um, Oh, it's Lisa, who's Oreo's mom. She's here. Yes, hi, Lisa. (laughs) She says hello, and and thanks, Tammy and Ollie, too. Wonderful. Um, So... He, yeah, so let me, should I talk about Oreo a Yeah, bit? absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I want to actually give a shout out to Lisa because Lisa was really great. She was the, the first volunteer on this project and actually jumped on board before Creature Comfort did, just I was sort of reaching out individually and I said, hey, this is something you would like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm so appreciative to Lisa for so many reasons, um, both for just saying yes and introducing me to, to Oreo, connecting us. She's just been um, a, a champion and all the sort of likes and clicks on social media has been really wonderful to always see Lisa behind that. So thank you, Lisa. Um, so this is Oreo. Um, there's, a, there's a couple really amazing things about Oreo. Um, so Oreo is actually deaf, um, which I thought was incredible, right? Um, and one of the things that um, I learned very quickly in talking to Lisa and doing the, the photo shoot with Oreo is that he actually responds to visual cues instead of verbal cues. Um, And it was something that Lisa really had to take into consideration when they were pursuing the pet therapy certification. Um, You know, if he would be able to pass because of sort of this physical challenge of his. And it turns out he did just fine. Um, And so my favorite thing that I learned, you actually, um, instead of saying sit, you sort of, you know, make one of these muscles and that's Oreo's command to sit. So it was really uh, wonderful to see that. Um, The other thing that I really loved about meeting Oreo is he's sort of this vibrant, you know, playful pup. Um, And when we do the shoot, we try to do shoots both um, without the therapy vest and then with the therapy vest. And he, you know, playful, just like wanting to hang out and play. And then Lisa said, okay, let's get his vest on. And it was, it was Oreo ready to work. It was really, really wonderful to see where he just sort of um, sort of snapped into this, like, okay, let's do this. Uh, you know, we're ready. Um, so and that was really great. Yeah. And so, um, so Lisa also told me this really wonderful story about um, the way that Oreo interacts, that he really sort of understands what each person needs um, when he's on the job and can sort of seek out the people that need him most. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the stories that really stood out for her was um, a time when they responded to um, going into a school after a teacher had passed away. And so Mm -hmm. they were going in to be with the children. And, you know, Oreo went up to one of the young girls and just sat there like for a couple hours. And, you know, Lisa and her husband, Ken, can talk about sort of the very 
physical shift that the, 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 the little girl went through and, you know, you just saw her sort of relieve some stress and feel a little bit more comfortable. And they sat there quietly. Um, and it wasn't until afterwards that Lisa realized and found out that it was actually the daughter of the teacher who had passed away. And that was who Oreo sought out in that moment. He sort of just, you know, knew to go to her. Um, so that was really, yeah, that was really incredible. So with the pandemic, um, you know, there's been, which sort of has been the majority of the therapy dogs that, that I've worked with um, have transitioned to some kind of um, virtual visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks like, you know, reading with children or doing bingo nights, that sort of thing. Uh, but of course, it's just, it's just not the same as yeah. doing the in-person visits. Um, and so one of the things I thought that was really special that Lisa also talked about was um, how, you know, the support that Oreo has really brought to her family, um, you know, as he's made this tr- transition, we've all made this transition to, to being at home more and um, how he's really sort of motivated her and kept her going and how his response to them brings this happiness because he's always happy. Um, Even if it's just going to the mailbox and back, Oreo welcomes them tail wagging, you know, ready, ready to give love and be loved. And so it's just a really, um, you know, special relationship that they have with him. And I was very fortunate to meet his sister, Chloe, Mm-hmm. Um, who's also a very, very beautiful dog. Um, and so they, they both sort of bring that joy to Ken and Lisa right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, he talked to me, too, about like a specific girl that he remembered. Um, and it was very interesting. I obviously forgot to turn off some setting and I apologize. Something's going on with the beeping. But um, he um, talked about how before I kind of knew that he was doing therapy work, I guess I talked to his sister, interestingly, but didn't talk to him in the past. And then when I talked to him, he mentioned that he likes to put on his cape. And when I <laughs> said that to Lisa, she said, oh, that's his, his, his jacket, which he's wearing in this picture here, um, mm-hmm. that he you know snaps into this other kind of, you know, per his professional role when he goes out to do his work. Um, and he he was just he's wonderful he's really a wonderful example of how animals are just so in tune with people and you know just the example you gave about the the little girl whose father had died um, perfect example of just um, how animals are so in tune with us so wonderful so let's um, go on now I think we were going to bring up your yeah, so this believe. should be Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring up Fred. So f- Fred right now is the uh, the only cat in the project. So uh, uh, cat owners, stay tuned if you yeah. want to be involved. We, we definitely need more cats. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I talked a little bit about Fred already. Um, but uh, what I didn't talk about is his background and um, sort of how we came to know each other, um, Mm -hmm. if you will. So um, I actually adopted Fred in the summer of 2019. Um, This was after uh, my cat, Belle, who I had for 14 years. She was like, right, my ride and die. We had traveled all over the place, moved to all these different cities. 
Um, you know, I got her a few days after I had left college and, you know, we had just done it all together and she passed away and I just thought, oh, I, I can never love another animal again. And then the house was really quiet and I really, really met, missed her. Right. And so I decided to, you know, look into adopting another animal. Um, I knew that there are just animals that like historically have challenges being adopted. So if they're older or they have a disability. Um, And so I actually went to an adoption event um, hoping to adopt. There was a a tripod kitty who had had her back leg amputated. And I thought no one's, no one's going to adopt this poor cat with three legs. Mm -hmm. Turns out cat was gone by the time I got there. (laughs) Um, So I said, well, you know, like who else do you have? Um, And I met Fred. So Fred was actually rescued at six months old, but kept in a cage for about four years after he was rescued. Um, And basically, as a result of that, Fred became, believe it or not, agoraphobic. He was terrified of open space only comfortable sort of in his box, even meeting him at the adoption center, he wouldn't come out of his cubby. But there was something about Fred that you could really see his desire to really wanted to be affectionate. Um, And so when you go over to his cubby, Fred's favorite sign of affection is giving you headbutts. He would stand there and give you headbutts and headbutts and headbutts, but just wouldn't come out of his cubby. So I decided to adopt Fred (laughs) and took on the challenge of, uh, you know, figuring out how to take him from being comfortable, you know, in a three by three cubby to where he is now, which you might see him run behind me at some point because he's (laughs) all over the place. Um, And this really turned into quite an exercise of, you know, reading animal behavior books, um, trying to understand, you know, what would make him comfortable um, and, you know, literally keeping him in one room until he was totally comfortable being in that room, coming out from under the chair. And then from that room, you know, I bought uh, baby gates essentially and had baby gates up all over the house, even though I don't have babies, um, as a way to then sort of give him his one room and a piece of the hallway. And then from there, it was his one room, a piece of the hallway and the bedroom. And this process literally over the course of nine months um, sort of happened inch by inch throughout the apartment, Um, which really took us to just about March when the pandemic hit. Um, So it was this really sort of interesting time where he was really just at a place where he was fully integrated into the apartment around, around this time last year, around February, March. Um, and then of course I found myself at home, you know, more often, um, I, you know, then a couple months into the, um, pandemic, my marriage dissolved. Um, and so really just found myself, it was like me and Fred. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and as I talked about earlier, it was just sort of like, gosh, who else would I be talking to right now? You know, it really was an opportunity to, you know, have interaction. Fred is consistent and insistent every morning at 6 (laughs) a.m. Needs to be Fred. There's no sleeping through that. Um, 
And so he really created this sort of rhythm in the day to day. Um, and it was this really uh, interesting role reversal of, you know, really, and I, I live in New York City. Um, and of course, that was sort of the epicenter at the start of the pandemic where the numbers were just really high um, and we didn't know what was going on. I had family who had COVID um, in April. And so sort of just all of the fear around that mm -hmm. Fred took to similarly to how I would sit down with him and just sort of give him the space to feel more comfortable and um, feel more okay. Fred took on that role for me where he would just sit with me, mm. sit on my lap um, and really sort of just be with me through this really scary time when we really didn't know what was happening, you know, around March, around April. So, um, yeah, we've we've become quite bonded over the last couple of months, I think it's safe to say. Yeah, they're incredibly grounding animals. They're wonderful. Um, and, you know, cats just, yeah, like you're talking about. I'm sorry, while you were talking, I was having to adjust a light because my cat decided that she had to go through the light. She couldn't, between that and something else, she couldn't go another route. So, um, yeah cats are interesting creatures some call them aliens um <laughs> but we love them yeah yep <laughs> so um sure. okay well fred and then after fred we were going to talk about who was the next one we were going to go to here was so uh i think uh well any we can talk about any uh leo if you pull leo up i can chat about leo and then i think snuggles after that leo yep I, there's leo leo reminds me of my cheyenne a little bit so beautiful he's yeah. so, or handsome i guess i should say he's, <laughs> yes he's very Gorgeous. handsome yeah. <laughs> so um leo actually has this really um interesting origin story his owner angela um her family has a home in sicily it's a family home oh, wow. and her uncle had sent her some photos of a renovation that they did she said i noticed this you know just dog hanging out <laughs> under the new awning and I jokingly said to my uncle, like, does the dog come with the house? Um, <laughs> and it turns out, you know, months later, when she traveled to Sicily and was spending time in the family home, the dog was still there. And this was Leo. Oh, wow. And, you know, she spent time around the neighborhood. Everyone loved the dog. People would feed the dog, but no one claimed the dog. No one was rescuing the dog. Um, so he he hung out uh gentle as can be just you know hung out with the neighbors did what he needed to do mm. um and angela said you know what i'm taking this dog back to brooklyn with me wow. <laughs> so she she did the work you know with mm. um with a local vet filled out all the paperwork to travel all the vaccinations you know all that kind of stuff um and and now leo is a brooklynite um <laughs> Uh, which I, which I absolutely love. Yeah, you like know, many about Italian that story. immigrants. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and so Angela herself is actually a school teacher, um, and uh, had uh, been taking Leo with her as part of uh, a school pet therapy program um, before the pandemic. And um, the, the kids just really, really loved Leo. Um, what was also really great is that Angela lives and works, the school that she works in literally is across the street from her. And so 
it's this really great neighborhood effect that the kids would see Leo in school, they would see Leo out of school at the shops, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And so Leo actually became quite popular and sort of a local <laughs> celebrity in his neighborhood right. in Brooklyn. And I, I saw this, you know, sort of play out too. I met her, you know, at a park and hey hey leo hey leo you know everyone's wow. sort of stopping to pet him the park worker you know knows him by name they come they love on him beautiful. for a few minutes um so it's this it's this really beautiful dynamic in the neighborhood that they've created um and so when the pandemic hit um uh, leo and angela's story as a therapy dog is actually uh, sort of a role reversal than a lot of the other therapy dogs that i that i've been chatting with um because Leo went from doing sort of a number of in classroom in classroom visits, but you know you could physically only do so many of those, get to one place, you know, to the another mm -hmm. um, on any given day. Um, but as Angela transitioned online, it meant that Leo could be with her essentially in every class, right? Uh -huh. And um, and she took on more classes sort of as the New York City public school system went all online as well. Mm -hmm. And so she incorporated Leo not just into his like regular reading program, but really she, she had these great stories of how she, she teaches um, younger children sort of five to 10 years old. And as she's teaching them, you know, like uh, social emotional learning and she would say, think about you know, where your happy place is, sort of, mm. we're going to, you know, think about um, new foods we're going to try. She would create okay. these little vignettes and these little videos of Leo um, sort of demonstrating the lesson. <laughs> so the, the where's your happy place, she had this great video of um, Leo on a beach, you know, oh, and him, him great. demonstrating that this was his happy place. Mm -hmm. So um, Leo's sort of local celebrity status after that even boomed <laughs> even more <laughs> because he was getting exposed to so many more children. Um, the other thing that I really love about Leo is that uh, the kids at school would often uh, before the pandemic, send notes home with Angela to give to Leo and say, <laughs> you know, could you give this to Leo? And the, the note would just say, thank you, Leo, for letting me talk to you. You know, just very simple, something that a second grader would do. Um, but they wanted to make sure that Leo knew that, that he was really loved and really special to them. Um, and so that sort of translated during the pandemic, they couldn't give him notes. But what Angela did see was that they were showing up more consistently for her class. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably no surprise if you have mm -hmm. parents who have nieces and nephews, the online learning has been a real challenge. It's hard to keep kids motivated. It's not sort of how folks learn traditionally. Um, but Leo got the kids to keep coming back and keep coming back. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the fact that they were all sort of still in their neighborhood, even though they were in their homes and not at the school, Leo continued to, um, as folks were out on walks, as you were going to the grocery store, still seeing Leo in that dynamic uh -huh. created like one line of consistency for these children, sort of everything else had changed in their life. But seeing Leo in the neighborhood and being able to talk to him online and in the neighborhood just sort of gave them momentarily on the sidewalk that right. sense of normalcy back right. for a few minutes which I just yeah. thought was really beautiful 
yeah, absolutely. That's a really neat story. I think my happy place is back where Leo's from in Italy, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really cool story. Um, he is a handsome devil. Um, okay, so who's next? So let's chat about Snuggles. Okay. And uh, Tammy does say Oreo is a superhero with his cape. He definitely is. Okay. Snuggles. Yeah. Okay. So this is Snuggles. So I love the idea. They said, we're going to connect you with Nancy. Uh, she has this great dog, Snuggles. And I thought, what kind of dog is Snuggles? Like, that's the best dog name ever, right? <laughs> and I, when I pulled up to the park, um, there was a woman in the car in front of me. And she had, like, a Yorkie poo or something, very tiny, little fluffy dog. <laughs> and I thought, of course that is Snuggles, because a dog yeah, with a name like Snuggles assume, is yeah. – and I said, hi, are you Nancy? And she went, no. <laughs> and then I saw Nancy in her Creature Comfort sweatshirt walking Snuggles. And I thought, well, I, got, I really got that wrong. Like, <laughs> definitely not what I had in mind. Um, but Snuggles is exactly what you would imagine he is in terms of sort of his personality that a dog like Snuggles would have. Right. Um, and so um, Nancy's actually uh, the scheduler for Creature Comfort um, and mm -hmm. sort of worked in the trenches um, as it relates to sort of transitioning um, a lot of the therapy dogs from their in-person to their online work. So it was really great mm -hmm. um, just chatting with her about how that process has been. And mm -hmm. I think sort of there's this universal acknowledgement that like it really doesn't compare to the in-person benefits of being with therapy animals, um, but it's something, right? And people are responding and the fact that that they're still accessible through these virtual visits um, and limited in-person visits have happened from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, it's still a really important response and critical response during this time. Yeah. Now, um, Snuggles himself has, you know, another incredible origin story um the spoiler alert is that he is a foster fail for nancy um and she actually saw him at an event one day when she was there volunteering on behalf of creature comfort and she talks about how she you know saw him from afar he was up for adoption through um, what is a very well-known kill shelter in the area and she just sort of throughout the day kept her eye on him and she said as gentle and as kind as can be to just everybody that came up to him mm. and so she finally walked over to say hi herself and realized that he actually had mange and so if you're not a dog person or you've never had a dog with mange it's actually um, a parasite that gets into your skin and essentially causes lesions all over your body so imagine the pain the snuggles yeah. was in. Um, imagine the stress of just being in an animal shelter environment. Juxtapose that with the gentle animal that snuggles was. And Nancy said, you know, she was immediately brought to tears and she knew she had to get him. And so her plan was get snuggles get him healthy, get him adopted. Mm -hmm. And 
failed miserably, right? <laughs> Snuggles, that, that plan did not last very long at all. Um, and Snuggles, you know, she, she realized Snuggles was already at home. He quickly, you know, just became part of the family. Um, and because he was so gentle and has this demeanor, which is sort of consistent with the therapy dogs, there's this gentle gentleness about them. You know, they're very calm. Um, that's what sort of provides that calming effect to interact with, you know, individuals and children. Um, Snuggles became a therapy dog. Oh, um, and so he has done some, <clears throat> excuse me, he has done some online visits um, as well. But if you want to tra transition over to the second picture of Snuggles, um, so we, as I said, we met in a park one day and um, we tried to do some photos with and without his vest. <laughs> And it was just this incredible response that as soon as Snuggles put his vest on, the families that were in the park just basically flocked to him, mm -hmm. you know, it was this really, and it was, it was a transition of like vest, no vest, because there were certainly families that walked by when he didn't have his vest on and they were sort of like, cool, you're doing a photo shoot. Let me just sneak by. Mm -hmm. And then he put his vest on and <clears throat> That didn't matter. It didn't matter. I was standing there holding a the camera. It didn't matter anything. They wanted to hang out with Snuggles. <laughs> um, and so it was, you know, it was great. The family has let us take some pictures as well. But I, I really love this picture because, you know, this, this little girl was so excited to meet Snuggles. But in the series sort of leading up to this moment, I was as I was snapping um, my camera, there's a hesitancy at first where she's kind of like, this is a dog. And you can even see in this picture, she's, her hand is out to sort of let Snuggle smell her and see, mm -hmm. you know, is this okay? And he was just amazing. He was so amazing with her and let her sort of um, slowly come to him, slowly um, get comfortable. And the point that she's now putting her hand on his back and starting to pet him, you know, it took, you know, it took a few seconds in there before she got there. But I think really this, what this moment speaks to is that, um, you know, when they, when the families and particularly the children saw Snuggles in this vest, there was sort of this indication that, you know, it, he, he was open to interact yeah. and probably in a way, right, that because of the distancing, even in your families, you know, I'm sure these children are getting lots of love from their parents. It's not that. But being separated from everybody else, there was this desire to really connect with him in a way that maybe wouldn't have been the same otherwise, you know, if we hadn't right. been in the middle of a pandemic. So it was really just beautiful to watch these children approach him and his response to them um, totally just was like, yeah, I'm here for it. I got the vest on. Like, let's do this. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Gorgeous. Um, okay. So thank you. Now, who is next? Uh, so we have Kina next. Oh, wow. Kina. Yeah, so she is really beautiful. Um, so um, Kina, uh, she's actually the seventeenth Great Dane uh, that her owner, her owner Kristen, has had. Um, now four of those have been her own, and then she has fostered uh, fourteen or fifteen okay. Great okay. Danes. Um, and so. 
uh, Kristen really talks about of all of those 17 dogs, um, and she's had on their, yeah, on their dogs as well, but like particularly the Great Dane breed. She instantly knew there was something different about Kina. Kina is really the only one who um, is a a certified therapy dog. You know, it's not, I think Kristen had done it, you know, years before with her first dog. Um, But really recognizing that it's not every dog is not cut out for this. And at the same time, instantly realizing that Kina was, Um, but she also talked about this beautiful bond that had developed between them because Kina was also incredibly shy. And so she basically worked with her sort of the time that they spent together um, working through the certification and doing the training really created this unique bond and sort of this absolute trust um, between the both of them. And so it was a process of Kina opening up um, as she became a therapy dog and then early on in her days um, where at first Kristen would sort of show her like, okay, let's go talk to this person. Let's go talk to that person. And it didn't take a lot of time for her to make the transition of like feeling more confident um, and just then knowing sort of the trend with a lot of the dogs is sort of knowing who needs her most in the room. So the, the sort of the way that they came together and bonded over, um, you know, going to the pet therapy sessions and really trusting each other to um, go through that process. It really helps Kina flourish in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Um, so much so. And I love this part of her story she uh tried her hand at acting or tried her paw if you will at acting <laughs> um and uh was in a, a television series with al pacino oh, um and yeah and so actually if you go if you go to my website in kina's story there's a link because she's it's in one of the amazon um Amazon series, the series was called Hunters, and uh, one of the sort of still photos that they used for an episode is, you know, Kina, this beautiful dog, you know, sitting on the couch, um, and so you can see that, uh, you can see one of her stills from from oh, the series. Cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, Kina became so confident that she, you know, showed wow. Al Pacino a thing or two um, with her own <laughs> acting chops. Um, yeah, so that, that was really great. Um, and, you know, of course, similarly, when the transition hit, um, or when the pandemic hit, um, you know, it totally transitioned everything, um, for Kina. She did do some Zoom visits and online, um, visits, um, as well, but for her, really the biggest difference, um, in the work that was going on, and particularly for Kristen, was not only transitioning to Zoom, as Kristen did as well for her work, um, but really becoming for Kristen and Kristen's co-workers on Zoom the thing to talk about um, (laughs) when the pandemic became sort of unbearable um, and when everyone was sort of, you know, fearful and, you know, we all, we still have those calls where you get on and it's just like, you know, it's overwhelming some days. Um, And, you know, particularly early on um, when things were just, you know, we didn't really even have a sense of what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Kina became 
the thing that folks focused on. Mm. Um, and so I thought that was really, uh, you know, a really beautiful way yeah. for her to um, sort of use her, her selfless powers yeah. to come mm-hmm. into a situation and just, you know, just kind of take over in this humble way where folks could really mm-hmm. concentrate on her. Wow. Pretty cool story. And she went right to the top. Pacino, yeah, she didn't, exactly. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no commercials, no nothing. Yeah, she went right, right for Al Pacino. <laughs> yep. Yeah. As it should be. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so we have time for a couple more. We have Paige and Story, and they are actually sisters, right? Or maybe we can't get them both. Yes. Maybe I'll do one at a time. Oh, do we got them both? Or, oh, go ahead. Do, think, do whatever you So this is um, Paige. Yep. That. Okay. Um, so this is Paige and we'll, so, um, they are not genetically sisters, but they are sisters, uh, owned by, by the same owner, uh, Mo. Um, and so Paige is actually currently a therapy dog. Um, Paige is on your left. She, she's, or my left, um, she's the one looking sideways. Um, story is the one looking forward. Um, Story is actually a therapy dog in training. And so it was really neat to learn about that as well. Um, So so Paige uh, became a therapy dog in 2019. Um, And Mo talks about how, you know, I should also say that both Mo or or both Paige and Story are sort of champion dogs. They've, they've, um, you know, do a lot of training. They do uh, nose work, which is what it sounds like. They sort of find sense as a competition. Um, they do diving competitions. They're involved in like hunting retrieval. So these dogs are very agile. They're very active. Um, and with uh, Paige, she became a therapy dog and sort of had the same agility, if you will, with like wanting to be a therapy dog. Um, she was really active, like really sort of racking up, if you will, the, the number of visits that she was doing. Um, and this started in the fall of 2019. So they were sort of on track with this goal of hitting 100 visits in 2020 and then the pandemic hit and it was sort of really disappointing because it just it just stopped her um and sort of that goal of like okay we're gonna get to 100 visits just sort of stopped at 25 um and then um mo is one of the um owners and Paige, one of the therapy dogs who have had a a chance to talk with who actually did an in-person visit um, during the pandemic. And this was Paige's 26th visit. That's the one that she was, excuse me, able to get in um, during the pandemic. And Mo was actually contacted um, by a friend and uh, the friend's father, Jack, was actually put into home hospice care. He was uh, quite ill. And so they said, you know, would it be okay if Paige came and, and did a visit? 
And so, of course, they followed all the guidelines, masked up, you know, took all of the precautions that they needed to take, um, but went and, and did a visit with Jack. And, you know, Mo talks about this really incredible moment that, you know, in total silence, really just passed between Jack and Paige. And one of the things that, um, you know, she learned afterwards was that um, Jack sort of had a, a reprieve. He had this moment where, um, you know, he, he sort of came back, he was lucid. Um, and, you know, we, it, can we say that it was, you know, <laughs> exactly because of, of Paige's visit? I'd like to think that it had something to do with it, right? Um, and so it was this really just amazing, even though, you know, she sort of had to slow down in terms of like, you know, getting to this goal of 100, this one became this really incredible and really important visit that she was able to do um, while, you know, that wasn't possible for a lot of other therapy dogs. And then a story. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, so, so Story, um, as a therapy dog in training, uh, Mo and I talked a, a lot about, like, what does that even take? And one of the things that um, I thought was incredibly interesting that I, I don't I don't train dogs, so I don't know that I would have thought of this, is just um, essentially working with Story to desensitize her to certain sights and sounds and smells so that there's no sort of surprises when she's doing a therapy visit. Anything she's going to see, hear, smell is something that she's already um, sort of understood to, to know not to be afraid of. Um, and so some of those things that Mo talks about were like, you know, she would take her to the park and just acclimate her to things like the sound of ducks. Um, the one that stood out for me was like the sound of a flag waving, which like we don't even really notice stuff like that, but it was something that became, you know, like if you're walking into a hospital, there's probably a giant flag waving outside of it. And so, you know, helping her to hear that sound and, and acclimate her to it um, or the cleaning machines in the hospital, the vibrations that they go through the floor. If you're, you know, walking down the hallway um, and then masks, because dogs looking at people wearing masks, were not something that prior to March 2020 was something that really had to give much thought to. Mm -hmm. um, and so for Story, certainly as a, as a therapy dog in training, and then for um, Paige as well, it was something that Mo worked around to make sure that as they were approaching people with masks now, they really understood what that was and what that meant and how to respond to it, yeah. which I just thought was incredible. Yeah, yeah, a lot of work goes into them. Um, yeah. My dog Cheyenne was a creature comfort dropout, so uh, <laughs> I didn't go into that. Uh, some of them are more suited, let's just say that. Um, <laughs> stay in your lane. Like that's what I'm going to say about it. That's fantastic. Uh, but, but those are beautiful, beautiful stories. And by the way, if you're if you're on here and you are interested in getting uh, entered in that raffle to win an animal communication consultation, you just need to type animal communication in the comment section. I am going to be drawing that very soon. And we have a comment, love Snuggles. He's awesome to work with too. Um, I'm sure all these dogs are just, just wonderful. They just seem like such, uh -huh. as all animals are, um, you know, and I think that the, the thing that just, 
kind of was driven home for me um, in hearing all of this is just, you know, how important they are as far as helping us kind of to, to, to be grounded and they help to um, help people to connect, but they're able to just, you know, as I find all the time when I'm talking with them, they are just so in tune. They're so aware, um, you know, of what's what people are feeling and mm-hmm. you know they'll just kind of go to the right person who needs it so you know they have yeah, really absolutely. struggled you know that is the theme like when in the conversations I've had with pet therapy dogs because I've had many people who have therapy dogs contact me during this um, because their their animal is maybe acting a little different or they're just concerned and it definitely has been a theme and I think it's been really important to let the animals understand, tell them what's going on, um, to trust that, you know, you know, all these stories we've heard about these animals tuning into the right individual. So trust that even if you haven't, you know, taken a class or practiced animal communication, trust that the animals are picking up on what you're feeling and what you're thinking. You know, it's really, if you want to, uh, be be more focused about it just sit down do a little meditation listen to a meditate I have a free meditation on my website you can get uh, at intuitive touch animal care.com I'll have that in the description you can link to that download the free meditation and sit there and you know get grounded tune in and just show your animal you know people wearing masks say you know just the the emotion of this is a little strange and you know this is going to end it is so show them the summer show them the sun you know that's when we predict sort of that's where we think it's going to be a little bit different probably things are going to probably change and open up um even just naturally because it is summer but mm-hmm. show them that things are changing that they're going to go back to life as normal a little bit more they're going to be out in contact in contact with people and um you know if you're going to be going to work it is important to let them know that you're going to be going back to work um, you know, showing them as that time approaches that you're going to be leaving the home and the, the, maybe the, the, the light will change from, you know, getting darker outside as you come home or you going off in your car and coming back. These are just all things you can do. I have a lot of videos on here on, on YouTube that you can watch that can help you with that too. So, um, and I do teach classes too, but anyway, we do see creature comfort jumping in here and just saying, we're so excited to have our therapy pets featured in this project. The pictures and stories are beautiful. They really are. Creature comfort pet therapy is a wonderful organization, by the way. So check them out and definitely check out Kara's project and her website. Um, I'm going to put that up on the screen here. We're going to have that right. Yeah, we, we, we made it really easy. So karamurglephotography.com is, is my business website, um, which if you're not interested in the project, but just want some really cool photos of animals, yep. check that out. Um, I have lots of packages. Um, but if you're interested in the project, it's literally petsandthepandemic.photography. So really, really easy to remember. Dot photography is sort of the new dot com for photographers. Um, So super simple to remember. Pets in the pandemic dot photography. Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. You can get some individual photographs done for the project or just because you want to have a really nice picture of your you and your pet or your pet alone. So check that out. 
Um, and we do need to do our raffle too. So let's see here, who do we have entered? Let's just do a random drawing and it's gonna be Tammy Mastro. So thank you so much for being with us. You've been here throughout the show, Tammy. Um, and we appreciate that. So I will, uh, I don't have your, I'm gonna see if I can find you. I think I might actually have you from the registration, but if reach out to me if you, <laughs> if somehow I miss you. Um, and at intuitivetouchanimalcare.com and with an E, that's in the description too. Um, so thank you so much for being here, Kara, and thank you everyone for being here. We have weekly episodes, so so make sure you subscribe and you know let others know about the show. Like YouTube needs those things; it needs likes and subscribes in order to to keep the show going and to uh, to reach other people. So thank you so much for being here, and thank you to all the animals and all the pet parents who allowed their animals to be shown on here, and thank you everyone for watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, th thank you for having me. And I, I just wanted to say, too, that um, if you'd like to get involved in the project, you live in the New York City metro area or in central or north Jersey. Um, if you go to my website on the contact page, uh, shoot me a note. It's actually totally free to participate if you'd like to uh, have your pet featured. Uh, so just reach out to me and we'll figure out a date for me to come do a, a glamour shot shoot with you. Wonderful. What a great opportunity. Wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone, and have a great night. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rub my belly.